welcome to The Stoic Lawyer. My name is Kristen. And I'm Brian. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. And we've got listeners here. What are we talking about today? Uh, So today we are going to do kind of a little two-part thing. Uh, Brian is first going to talk about some history um, of Seneca. And I I know we've tried really hard to to make this interesting as opposed to just a a history lesson, but some of the history helps inform on, you know, the the principles of the philosophies. And and frankly, I think it's interesting. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Seneca, and then we are going to read, or I'm going to read one of Seneca's letters and before I do that, Brian will tell you kind of why we chose this one and, and kind of loop it in. Yeah, Seneca, kind of an interesting guy. Um, some of the, I've read multiple histories, of sort of bios, and um, there were some fuzzy spots of a couple contradictions. He was born around, um, around zero, <laughs> somewhere around 1 AD, some say 4 AD, uh, uh, some say 4 uh BC, I don't know. Um, I don't know which one to believe, but around zero, as I like to think of it. He died in uh, 65. So, I mean, he made it to into his mid 60s, which I think was pretty good back then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was born in what is now modern day Spain. Um, he was educated in uh, rhetoric and philosophy in Rome. And he was basically a, a, had a political career. He was kind of a political advisor. Um, he, I guess, uh, did such things for Caligula, the emperor, Roman emperor. Um, until he was accused of sleeping with Caligula's sister. That was frowned upon. I know. I don't know if it's true. I read multiple things. But anyway, Calig- Caligula certainly thought it was. And um, and so he was exiled for a while. Uh, but he had to come back under Nero, Emperor Nero. Nero, um, he was Nero's tutor when he was, kind of, I guess, kind of a teenager or a preteen. And then he was an advisor for Nero, Um which uh, worked out great until somebody came up with the idea to assassinate Nero, and Seneca was accused of being in on that plot. So he was, as, as several bi- biographies suggest, um, he was uh, told to commit suicide. Yeah, I think they say he was condemned to die and ultimately took his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the little summaries we read said that it was one of the most iconic suicides in Western history. And I think, <clears throat> Brian, you looked up a little more about that. Tell, tell us what happened. Um, well, at least as far as we know. Yeah, I think he, he wanted to go out like Socrates, uh, drinking hemlock, and it wasn't working fast enough. So he um, somehow got in a hot bath, and somehow the fumes plus the poison, I think, was, was led to his ultimate demise. Um, so, yeah, so Socrates. Uh, and the way I always remember that, incidentally, is that in, uh, in Top Gun, uh, the Tom Cruise movie, the original, not Top Gun Maverick, uh, but in Top Gun, you know, uh, near the end, uh, uh, he's a, uh, uh, no, maybe not the end. Anyway, he's drinking at the bar, and, uh, you know, his, his romantic interest comes in. He's, she asks what he's drinking, and she says, hemlock, is it? And so, like, he's, because <laughs> he's all down the dumps because Goose has died and everything, and he's, he's going to give up, we think, being a fighter pilot. Anyway, hemlock reference, Top Gun. Um, Spoiler alert, he yeah. does not give up being a fighter pilot. So, no. Well, and I think I said Goose is dead, so if you haven't seen Top Gun by now, um, 
I just ruined it. Yeah, sorry so about that. Goose dies. So anyway, back to why we're here. Top Gun Maverick, um, though, also great movie. Great movie. Yeah. I, okay. uh, so uh, turning back to <laughs> turning back to Seneca, yeah. um, we chose letter number three today. Brian, do you want to talk about uh, why we chose letter number three? Um, yeah, well, yeah, and uh, this one's about friendship and choosing the right friends. And I, I guess I should have said as part of the biography when I, I got sidetracked, too. Um, I think a lot of his writings, and, and he had more than just letters from a Stoke that we've, you know, his letters that we've been reading from. Um, but these letters were written um, with an audience in mind. They were written to a friend, uh, purportedly Lucilius. I think I've read, I've read multiple things. One said that they think that person might have been kind of made up. Um, and it was just a, a way he crafted these to make it interesting to read. Some think they were real letters. But in any event, he's writing to a friend, and he's responding to what a friend is, is telling him about what's going on. And this particular letter is about friendship and how to choose good friends and why it matters. Uh, so, Okay, I'm yeah. going to, uh, to read this. It's a little longer than some of our passages, so uh, everybody stay with me. Um, I will also say that when I first started reading um, Stoicism and Brian first told me uh, kind of the, the text that he would start with, one of them was um, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca. And this was one of the letters that, that jumped out at me the most the first time I was kind of perusing uh, the contents and the different topics. So um, here we go. Letter number three. You have sent me a letter by the hand of a, quote, friend of yours, as you call him. And in the next sentence, you warn me to avoid discussing your affairs freely with him, since you are not even the habit in the habit of doing so yourself. In other words, you have described him to me as being a friend and then denied that he is one in the same letter. Now, if you were using that word in a kind of popular sense and not according to its strict meaning and calling him a, quote, friend in much of the same way as we refer to candidates as, quote, gentlemen, or hail someone with a greeting, quote, my dear fellow, if we meet them and his name slips our memory, we can let this pass. But if you are looking on anyone as a friend when you do not trust him as you trust yourself, you are making a grave mistake and have failed to grasp sufficiently the full force of true friendship. Certainly you should discuss everything with a friend, but before you do, discuss in your mind the man himself. After friendship is formed, you must trust, but before that you must judge. Those people who, con contrary to, to advice, judge a man after they have made him their friend instead of the other way around, certainly put the cart before the horse. Think for a long time whether or not you should admit a given person to your friendship, but when you have decided to do so, welcome him heart and soul and speak as unreservedly with him as you would with yourself. You should, I need hardly say, Live in such a way that there is nothing which you could not as easily tell your enemy as keep to yourself. But seeing that certain matters do arise on which conversation decrees silence, the things you should share with your friend are all your worries and deliberations. Regard him as loyal and you will make him loyal. Some men's fear of being deceived has taught people to deceive them. By their suspiciousness, they give them the right to do the wrong thing by them. Why should I keep back anything when I am with a friend? Why should I imagine I'm alone when I'm in his company? There are certain people who tell any person they meet things they should confide only to friends, unburdening themselves of whatever is on their minds to any ear they please. Others, again, are shy of confiding in their closest friends and would not even let themselves, if they could help it, 
into the secrets they keep hidden deep down inside themselves. We should do neither. Trusting everyone is as much a fault as trusting no one, though I should call the first the worthier and the second the safer behavior. Similarly, people who never relax and people who are invariably in a relaxed state merit your disapproval, the former as much as the latter. For a delight in bustling about is not industry. It only takes the restless energy of a haunted mind. And the state of mind that looks on all activity as tiresome is not true repose, but a spineless inertia. Thanks. We're, we're going to stop there because it goes on, but that's the most pertinent part for yeah. our discussion today. It's a mouthful. A lot of reading. It, it is a lot of reading, but I, I actually really um, I really enjoy and, and find meaning in a, in a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why why do you, you said that one stood out to you? Why 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 do you remember that one as being a memorable letter? I think because, especially in our line of work, a lot of times as attorneys, it's it's sometimes hard to have close friends. Um, you know, a lot of the people that we are frequently around are our adversaries. <laughs> Not necessarily our friends. Now, if we work in larger offices, you know, maybe we have colleagues mm-hmm. uh, that could be our friends that are that are trusted. But I think part of what comes with our profession is really knowing who you can trust and and who you can't. Yeah, you know, I I I, I agree, and I like this that that reading that letter um, because you know we have a limited amount of time time in the day time in our lives, I guess. And who we choose to spend it with uh, matters. And I think sometimes, I know there have been periods where I haven't given it quite enough thought. Um, not that, not that I'm, I'm hanging out with the wrong crowd or anything. But, you know, I, I think when you think in terms of there's a limited amount of time, um, limited number of people in the world uh, that you could be spending time with, uh, being more selective about who they are and, and, and how you go about those relationships is probably important. I think of it as kind of curating your circle Uh of people. Uh Um, And I actually did an exercise not that long ago, um, unrelated to stoicism, but it actually kind of coincides nicely with this passage, uh, where I sat down and really spent a lot of time thinking of the people in my life who, who add energy or add value versus the ones that while I may enjoy them or, or even love them very much, if they're people I've been close to for a long time, they, they take energy, right? And they do not, it's just not a relationship that um, that boosts me, right, in the right direction. Instead, it's one that, that leaves me drained. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about too, Brian, is, is the limited time that we have. We want to spend it with people that are kind of a value add. Mm-hmm. And not in, a, not in a selfish way, not in a if there's nothing in it for me way, but just in a self-protecting and self preservation way right we all only have so much to give and if we're giving more than we have then we're not doing it uh very well and that that kind of goes back to one of our episodes earlier on about um do less better Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um and so i kind of put these two those two concepts together uh relatively recently with trying to to decide where to spend my time and the best ways to do that and i think if you sit down and really think about all the people in your life the people that you come into contact with multiple times a week and you you contemplate how you feel after you interact with them and and just kind of the the result of them holding the place that they do in your time and in your life 
you, you might, so it might surprise you. Right. Yeah. I think a fair question to ask sometimes is, are you better or worse off because of an interaction you had? And if you find you've got people that you're always a little better off for whatever reason, um, after spending time with them, then that's probably a good person to be spending time with. Um, and then obviously, you know, the past talk talking about trustworthiness and, um, yeah, sometimes we're in relationships that we, I think just, I don't I, I know I've had some over the years that I don't, when I look back on them, I think that wasn't good for anyone. Um, I, I don't, a person may not have been trustworthy or I was talking about the wrong things. And, um, I just, I just kind of like the, the sort of evaluation process with this that you're talking about. Yeah, I think um, I think it's something that everyone could benefit from doing. And again, I think the answers might surprise you when you sit down and, and mm-hmm. really, really think about it. And I think as lawyers, kind of taking it back to our um, kind of global theme uh, throughout the podcast, I think not only do you have to be discerning about, you know, trust and things like that, but also, I mean, talk about limited time, <laughs> right? We all... We all work too much. We all have too much on our plates. And then we all have friends and family that we want to, you know, spend time with. And so I think it's it's just really important that we're really examining where, where we're putting that time and, and where we're putting that trust. Because, again, you know, it's it's a challenging job to have where you have to be concerned about your um, – candidness, frankly, Mm -hmm. you you know, with, with some people. And if you have friend relationships that overlap your professional life, it's kind of even more complicated. Mm -hmm. And that may be something we talk about in more detail later, because I think it's kind of an interesting problem or, or issue, I guess, for, for attorneys. Um, but I think this passage really, for, for me, it just helps me sit down and really think about that. And, and draws out those those questions that I think we need to ask ourselves periodically about, about the people in our life. I agree. Thank you. Good choice. Is that it for today? I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're doing some website updates today, um, and we actually are recording this day of. So if you're listening to this on December 11th, which is the day it'll be posted, uh, we're working on uh, getting the store tweaked a little bit. We had a slight technology problem. Um, and then we're also going to start linking some reading materials to the website. One of the ones we're going to link is the actually o- only the only biography uh, that we were able to find online um, about Seneca that's a true biography about his life as opposed to his writings, you know, or things like that. It's called The Greatest Empire, A Life of Seneca, and it's by Emily Wilson. So we're going to link that on our website so you can buy it through that link on Amazon. And um, what's the website again? Uh, StoicLawyer.com. Yeah, TheStoicLawyer.com. TheStoicLawyer.com, cool. Um, so if you buy these texts that we talk about on the podcast through the website, it helps support the podcast. So if that's something you're interested in reading, um, head on over to the website and check out that link. We're also going to put up links uh, to some of the other texts we talk about frequently, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, you know, and some other some other books like that. Um, We hope you all have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.